welcome to I Assure You We're Podcasting, the show on Talk Film Society, where we look at the work of Kevin Smith. I'm Mike, and I'm joined today by Lance. What up? How's it going? Going well. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing okay. Not doing a sports movie this time? Not doing a sports movie this time, <laughs> although there is some hockey in it, I guess, so mm-hmm. that maybe that kind of counts. Um but we are going to be talking about uh, your other specialty, which is the Arrowverse. Um, yeah. So, so you do a podcast called Always Hold On to Arrow, mm-hmm. where you look at all the episodes of Arrow. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> that's, that's it. What season are you on now? We are in season five. Okay. So making your way through. I mean, that's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to be talking about Arrow specifically, but we're going to be talking about Flash and Supergirl, which are, Mm -hmm. of course, part of the Arrowverse. Um, uh, What are your thoughts on the Arrowverse ending? Um, Mixed feelings. Um, And it's funny because we just recorded our... uh, as of this recording, we just recorded our hundredth episode of our podcast. Wow! Um, and yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Crazy. And it's uh, that podcast is the hundredth episode. It coincides with the hundredth episode, which was mm-hmm. during the second crossover that they that they had. Well, actually, the third one, a uh, big crossover that they had. Uh, and this one is, was in Invasion. This is where they fight aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the first big one because it had The Flash. Supergirl was there during her first season when she was on CBS and Legends. And I was telling Kev during the podcast, I was like, you know, the, the Arrowverse at its height was way better than people remember it being. And in general, the Arrowverse is way better than people remember um, there are lows, as there are with anything, but I think the common perception is that the Arrowverse was just, you know, all trash, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, especially considering, and 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 I think the all the good that they were able to do on that network, which apparently made no money during <laughs> during its run, um, and with the the poor budget that they had and the schedule that they tried to keep, the fact that they were able to put out the the amount of quality that they did is a testament to them, I think. Yeah, I agree. And and it was just a lot of fun in that it sort of like really captured the spirit of comic books. I mean, I'm working my way through it now. We've just finished season six, essentially. Mm-hmm. We just started season seven of the Arrowverse, you know, watching each show, you know, kind of like in, uh, in release order. Yeah. And um, it, it's... Like a part of the fun is like reading comics. Like there are crossovers. Yeah, exactly. There, there are you never know who might show up. There's a lot of cameos and everything from one episode to the next and one show to the next. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I haven't gotten to the point yet where you know, like I haven't gotten to crisis yet. Okay, but um, you know, as these shows start to sort of like fall off. I imagine there's fewer and fewer crossovers and everything. And now, you know, the fact that there's only one show left flash yeah. for a season mm-hmm. in some ways it's, it's kind of to me, like as boring of an idea as arrow was to begin with, where it's just like, <laughs> Oh, it's a show about flash. Like I like having that variety, you know, mm-hmm. from, from episode to episode. So, uh, it is sad that it's gone. Um, or it's it's about to be gone, but yeah. I guess it could always come back. You never know. 
Yeah, you never know. Um, but you know, for a while, this was the best live action DC stuff. You know, and that's that's the other crazy thing to think about with this. Like, it legit was the best D- live action DC stuff for a while. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't uh, 100% agree with that. I, I think that things like Birds of Prey, you know, were well, really, uh, really good. Well, again, like this again for a while. That's why I said, you know, for a while, because at, at the Arrow versus Height, right, which is about what, 2016, 2017, that's where they had everything rolling. They had the most amount of shows at that particular point in time. At that point in time, like, it was the best live action DC stuff that we had gotten in a while. It was better than everything that came out with the DCU. At, at that particular point, maybe with the except with the exception of Wonder Woman, like yeah. the DC, the the Arrowverse stuff was better. I will say that from the beginning, since both of those things pretty much started at the same time, and they were like talking about this accelerated pace to get Justice League in mm-hmm. theaters and everything, I was shocked and disappointed that they did not take advantage of the fact that there was like a Flash and a Green Arrow show same. on TV. And just, you know, do that. And hey, if they would have done that, maybe we wouldn't be in this. We, uh... we wouldn't be in this position. We wouldn't be in this position. Yep. I'm just oh, well. saying. I've been saying that for a while, too. Yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? Yeah. So. Okay, but we'll get into more of the Arrowverse in a little bit. Uh, we're talking today about Kevin Smith's 12th movie, Yoga Hosers. Uh, and before we get into this movie specifically, what are your thoughts on Kevin Smith in general? I like Kevin Smith. Um, I've, you know, I've seen his, his other stuff, obviously. And I think, and honestly, I think my first, the first movie I saw of his was, was, was Dogma. Actually, that was yeah. the first Kevin Smith movie that I saw. Uh, and then I went back and did the, the, the mall rat circuit and, um, the other stuff. But, um, I like Kevin Smith. He has a unique flavor to him. Um, and, and a lot of it kind of reminds me of like his crassness uh, in a lot of cases reminds me a lot of like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, where it's very purposeful. But at the same time, it's, it's like he's not putting on a show when he does it. That's just legit how he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of people out there that try to act like Kevin Smith actually is in real life. Yeah. Um, but by all accounts, that how that's how he actually is. Um and then, of course, he went on to write Daredevil. Uh, he wrote some Green Arrow, and uh, he wrote a he, he's written two Batman graphic novels that I really enjoy. I'm still waiting on that third part, uh, Kevin, uh, that he's been know, talking right? about for years. Um, and then I was a huge fan of his podcast, like especially like the early days of the Fat Man on Batman podcast. Uh, those early days, I really really enjoyed those. Uh, and I went to go see him live. He did. He was in Houston at at a, a few years ago. And uh, you know, just just doing an appearance slash like live show type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's great. He talks. He was talking to everybody. Uh, he's very real and authentic. He, he's a d- didn't know how much of a crier he was. Um, <laughs> he cries yeah. at everything. Oh, yeah. um, uh, but no, he just seems like a cool dude. Uh, I, I I like his vibe. What about you? Yeah, no, I I totally totally agree you know definitely a big fan of of kevin smith on the whole uh which made yoga hosers uh kind of an interesting experience for me because um you know as a fan from the beginning uh going into this one it was 
kind of a, I don't know, a little bit of a shock in some ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about Yoga Hosers a little bit. So, so this is a movie which came out right after Tusk, and it's the second movie in the True North trilogy, which there's, you know, much like his Batman graphic yeah, still novels. Still waiting on the third part. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and uh, I mean, had you have you seen Tusk? Or, or, yeah. I I've not seen Tusk, but I've heard okay. like I I know about it because and again, like cause, as I mentioned, I was you know I I was a avid listener of his podcast, yeah. and he talked about that thing all the time. It's like, yeah, man, Tusk, man, so got yeah. this guy turned into a walrus, man. It's gonna be great. <laughs> and, and I'm like, what is this? Then I saw like some trick, some pictures and stills from it, and, and, and trailer. I was like, this looks really interesting, but I never got around to seeing it. Okay. Um, but uh, but I know what it is. Yeah, and 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 this one, you know, I I think I well, I I think he he kind of was trying to capture lightning in a bottle twice you know with tusk where like tusk was like okay it's this weird canadian horror comedy that was spawned from a podcast you know i mean where they they very famously like came up with the idea on mic Mm -hmm. and then ended up just making it into a movie and here i mean just like that there is an episode of Spodcast called Yoga Hosers, yep. where they come up with this story, which is not really similar to the movie at all. Like aside mm-hmm. from the name, there's really not much similarity to it. Yeah, but you know, I think he was going for that, and and um, you know, I don't exactly know honestly how he was able to get the money for something like this when he's been trying for years and years and years to get the money for things like clerks three and the mall rats tv show and moose jaws which is the third one in the trilogy and Mm -hmm. somehow like yoga hosers is the one where people are like yeah i'll pay for that yeah i don't understand exactly how that how that works but you know the movie came out um and it it was it was a limited release you know they did like a fathom event you know a couple nights before it came out i think there might have been some behind the scenes stuff there or whatever but the big thing was you get to see it like a couple days early and then it had like a very small theatrical release and um did did you see it back then? Is this your first time watching it? This was my first time watching it. Okay. I saw it back then. Okay. And I I mean, there was no way. I mean, with all of Kevin Smith's movies, I see them as soon as humanly possible. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. And like with Yoga Hosers, as soon as tickets went on sale for that early show, I'm like, I'm going. I'm going to find the biggest screen I possibly can to watch this on and I did and I bought my ticket you know like as soon as they went on sale and it was like this massive screen you know which has now been converted into like a Dolby screen where you know they you know do all the whatever I mean you know basically if you're going to a Marvel movie or whatever on opening night this is where you go and I could not wait for Yoga Hosers because it was a new Kevin Smith movie and I got to the theater and there were like two people who were like sitting behind me <laughs> and there was one guy sitting in front of me in this like 300 seat auditorium Excellent. and i'm just like oh man this is kind of depressing yeah and then i watched the movie and i'm like ooh yeah this is this is 
this is really depressing. So yeah, it's a little rough. (laughs) So I made you watch this for this podcast. Uh Sorry, sorry. I know I owe you. (laughs) I owe you big time. Um, But uh, what were your thoughts on yoga hosers? Well, as it was going, I was like, so I guess we're doing the whole like '90s ish teen teen girl comedy adventure thing. I get it. Cool. And then it took a weird turn with <laughs> with the little with the little bratwurst Hitlers, and I'm like the bratsies as they're bratsies, yeah. So I was like, what? <laughs> this is so this is so out there, um, and like some of the Kevin Smithisms that were going on in the movie. Like I like I was like, okay, I get it, but everything else, I was just like, this is just this is a little too weird for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little too weird. I appreciated the music choices uh, throughout the movie. Um, yeah, I like. I I, I really did. Um, I in particular was uh, a fan of the 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 Townhouser scene when they finally meet Homeboy and they're like cha- trapped in the chairs, uh, and he's listening to the Townhouser because they always have uh, Nazi villains listening to Wagner. Um, <laughs> most of the time, it's it's other stuff, but this one was it was Townhouser, which actually sounds happy. So I was so that was kind of interesting. But yeah, this was a rough watch. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I, I agree with you. I, you know, basically everything that you're saying. You know, like uh, early on, like the, the so 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 the idea of like the these main characters here. You know, at the two Colleen. Colleen. Yep. And 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 you know, the, one of them is played by his daughter Harley yep. Quinn Smith, and the other one is played by Johnny Depp's daughter Lily Rose mm-hmm. Depp. Who in real life are best friends, mm-hmm. and sh- they're they're both in Tusk in like two scenes, right? And it was one of those things where I think originally, I think as the story goes, it was just going to be his daughter who was in the scene, and you know the idea being like, oh, you know, he he was a clerk, and now she is a clerk at a convenience yeah. store, and you know, is and and Lily Rose Depp was just kind of sitting there off to the side like making fun of you know Harley Quinn because <laughs> she was you know having to be in her dad's movie or whatever yeah. and you know Smith was like well why don't you be in it too you know so he put them both in there and then you know I mean their scenes are pretty good right I mean they're mm-hmm. funny and everything so the idea of like taking those two characters and expanding them into their own you know, movie. I think that's a solid idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and it is kind of crazy. Like, you know, Lily Rose Depp is like blown up now, right? She has. I mean, she's huge. This was basically her first movie. You <laughs> yeah. know, and Austin Butler, Elvis himself. Elvis. <laughs> no, not only, not only Elvis, but he was in Arrow season three. Oh, okay. And on our show, he got the award for. Uh, for least valuable player because he played uh, DJ Nanda Parbeats as we called him. He played the, <laughs> the DJ slash uh, ninja in disguise that tried to kill Thea. I don't remember that episode, but yeah. yeah. Wow, look at how yeah, far he's now, come. But yeah, Homeboy's now probably going to be nominated for an Academy Award. <laughs> how crazy is that? From Arrow to that mm-hmm. with a stop uh, uh, at yoga hosers along yeah. the way unbelievable yeah. 
crazy. Yeah. I, you know, I like the two of them together. I mean, some of the stuff is a little awkward, and I think that's more than anything because the dialogue is maybe not exactly suited to their, you know, talents and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's very kind of, like, forced. But I think that they're both pretty cool. I mean, the the Batman scene, you know, the, the where is the trigger? Hilarious. <laughs> that's really, really well, right? <laughs> But when you do add, like, the Bratzies to it and everything, it's just like, what is going on, you know? Like, I really feel like he just, like, he had all these ideas that came from, like, little sketches on his podcasts or whatever, Mm -hmm. which in audio form, in, like, 30-second snippets, work perfectly well, right? And then he's like, let's turn that into a movie. And it's like... That's not really a movie, you know? Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's not a movie. Mm-hmm. And and the the villain who's played by Ralph Garman, yeah. who uh is is his co-host on Hollywood Babylon and also yeah. um does like a billion voices in like every Seth MacFarlane yes. cartoon. Yeah. He's he, all over Robot Chicken. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Like he's like I, I I love his stuff in the podcast. I love all the impressions that he does and everything, and they're great. Mm-hmm. But like here, and, and here I think he's like really good as the villain. But then when you get to that random scene where it's like, so that you'll understand me, I'm going to uh, tell you this story as Al Pacino, yep. you know, or whatever. And he keeps on like Ooh, going ah. through these. <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps on going through these impressions. It's like those impressions are good, but like, why are why is he doing them in this movie? Yeah, it's it's like it's like if they wrote a part for Frank Caliendo, and he had to do all of he had to run through all of his his best impressions in his in his very short time like time on screen because that's what happens. Like if you watch like if Frank Caliendo goes on like Jimmy Fallon or something, he's gonna do Charles Barkley. He's gonna do. Uh, he's going to do Denzel. He's going to do John Madden. He's going to do John Gruden. Uh, and he's going to do Jim Rome. Like, he's going to do all those, like, without a doubt. Yep. And it seemed like the same thing for Garmin. Like, he had to do Adam West. He had to do uh, Stallone. And he threw in Pacino. Uh, yeah. And, and that works all well and good when you're sitting on a couch, you know, in late night television and yeah. everything, right? Because that's why you're there. Uh-huh. But in like a theatrical motion picture, when you're playing a random guy, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, this is, I think, the only Kevin Smith movie where I'm just like, this is bad. Like this is just <laughs> flat out bad. You know? Yeah. And there there are moments in it which which do work for me. I mean, the Batman thing, for example, where they're saying like, "Where is the trigger?" You know, that was funny. Which I can't even remember now. Like, what? Is, which movie is that even from? It's from I, Rises <laughs> when he's beating okay. on Bane. They, okay. they, which is funny because yeah, like the yeah, girl said right. he was talking to the Joker, but you know Johnny Depp corrects them. He's like, actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. But then, like, even that scene, which might be the best scene in the movie, even though it's it doesn't make any sense or anything mm-hmm. like that, like, why do they, like, put different moles on Johnny Depp's face I, in, like, every single shot? Honestly, I think that's a Johnny Depp decision. I think he's like, you know what would be, you know be weird? And wouldn't it be really cool and weird it's if I got another mole? Yeah, you're probably and right then, about that. I think he's the guy. Like, yeah, man, get a mole, man, get a mole. 
I yeah, no, you're probably exactly right. I, I think the the fake nose that he's wearing was his idea. Like yeah. that was like he's like, yeah, I'll do this, but I want a fake nose. You uh-huh. know, and it's so dumb. I mean, it's just it's distracting. <laughs> it's like if it's like something that like like a high school kid making like a movie would think is funny, right? Yes. And it's like, no, it's not. Why would you do that? No yeah. one would really do that, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's rough. It's, it's rough. Very rough. Yeah. Um, but, hey, maybe one day we will get Moose Jaws. You know, we, we made it through this, this dark chapter. Maybe we'll, we will get Moose Jaws, which would be, I think, a, a really great movie if it ever happens. I'm guessing it'll never happen, but... So, yeah, like the same... I have the same faith in, in that coming out as I do with part three of his Batman trilogy. Yeah, yeah. And that's not even a movie. That's a comic book. Right. Like, just write the thing. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 disappointing, but yeah. what can you do? But you know, the other thing that he was doing at this particular moment in time, you know, aside from yoga hosers, he was comic basically he was doing comic book <laughs> men. Yeah, which I, I enjoy that show. I haven't Fun seen show. nearly enough of it, but yeah. I do enjoy it. It feels forced, you know, mm, very. But I, I still think it's funny. Whatever, you know. Yeah, no, it's fun. I enjoy it. I've met a couple of them. They came. They were here for in uh, at Comic Palooza one year. Oh yeah. Uh, and I got to meet. Uh, I got to meet Zapsik, Ming, um, and the other guy. Not not uh, not Ralph though. Flanagan. Yeah. Not yeah. Not Walt. Not Walt. Uh, oh. Uh, um. Uh, Brian Johnson. Yes, Brian Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Walt was probably back in jersey actually running the store right yeah like well also remember guy. he's he's afraid to fly oh yes 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 yeah. that's true yeah uh i mean that and that's a great podcast right there tell him steve dave and everything mm-hmm. and you know i mean that 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 show yeah it does feel just a little too um a little too forced you yes. know but i mean as does most reality tv yeah 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 um, but you know that, that's that's okay. I, I still I still enjoy it. Um, but on the on the the other thing which he was discovering um, as a as a secondary career in television was directing, mm-hmm. which is a fascinating idea since everybody thinks that he is like a writer who directs his own stuff and doesn't really do a very good job at it. And here, yeah. he's being hired to direct other people's stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the first one of these that he did was Flash, which was right before Yoga Hosers. And then after Yoga Hosers, he did more Flash as well as Supergirl. Mm-hmm. A- and then um, he did the Goldbergs for a couple episodes. And he even directed his own pilot, Hollyweed. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, going, going back to Flash... Um, and and this is something where if you haven't heard the the podcast where he talks about like his experience shooting the episode yeah. it's fascinating not just because of like oh you know Kevin Smith talks about shooting flash you know yeah. but just like the idea of like what does a person who comes into a show to direct an episode mm-hmm. do like like what is it that they do uh, you know uh, from beginning to end i mean he really breaks it down and it's it's fascinating yes but um yeah as as someone who is a, a, a big fan of the arrowverse uh what did you think about the the stuff that kevin smith did for flash and, and supergirl 
Uh, I liked it. And, you know, those episodes, you could tell there was something different. It was like they kind of treated it like it was a crossover, like, you know, with the amount of tension that it got and uh, how well the episode was, you know, was shot and the uh, the acting from all of the uh from every, all the players involved, you could tell that they kind of stepped their games up a little bit because they had like Kevin Smith that was directing them and sitting in the director's chair. It wasn't like a normal episode. Um, and as with most of his stuff, he really leans into like, you know, pulling in on, pulling on your heartstrings. Uh, that's what he really leaned into on. in a lot of these, there's a lot of personal conflict uh, with, 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 uh, with a lot of the characters. Uh, most of them, uh, they probably did more walking and talking in those episodes than they do in, in, in most of the other episodes because as he has stated on many occasions, he's like, I just like writing things about people talking to each other. And so you, you get that more in these episodes than you do in the others. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. Um, it, it, it's interesting. Like I, I watched when, when they first aired, I wasn't watching the Arrowverse, but I mm-hmm. watched those episodes just because it was Kevin Smith. And, you know, you, you like jump into the middle of things like, you know, that first Flash episode that he did, yeah. uh, the, the runaway dinosaur or whatever. And it's <laughs> like, OK, this is like the middle of like a huge arc. Yeah, it's, right. It's in the middle of stuff. <laughs> And I'm like, I have no idea what any of these people are talking about. I don't know any of their relationships, but whatever. I mean, it's interesting. And, you know, you get like a couple of moments like, you know, he puts Jason Mewes in there, you know, and it gets a little little bit of a funny whatever. But for the most part, it really does just feel like an episode of that show, you know? And and he's talked about like how good, you know, the team that, that does that show and and supergirl are mm-hmm. and how you know it's like the director kind of doesn't have to be there if the director like you know just left everybody yeah. knows what their job is they'd still be able to make the the episode no problem it's like yeah. you're kind of don't need to be there um but uh, you know he he also has said like that's like he considers that to be like visually like the best looking stuff he's ever done mm-hmm. i don't agree with that uh but i see what he's saying you know i mean there's a lot of camera movement and everything which you don't usually find in his movies yeah um and uh, you know the the thing that i find interesting about that is he didn't really have a chance to put like his direct stamp on this material mm-hmm. you know it just kind of like little notes right yeah however <laughs> There were plans for it's just been revealed like last week by him, of course, probably, you know, breaking some NDA. There were he there were plans for him to do something else with Berlanti. It wasn't Mm going to be Arrowverse per se, but it was going to be a new show on HBO Max. Did you hear about this? No. Okay. So it was going to be Strange Adventures. Um, which okay. was going to be like an anthology show where like each episode would deal with like different sort of like B-list characters. Like he said that um, mm. they were given a list of like 30 characters and they're like, pick the ones you want to do and then, you know, create something for him. Right. And yeah. he said that there were going to be like four episodes with four different like writer, director. Combos. Oh, that thing. Okay. Now I know what you're, I now remember. You, you heard about that? Yeah. yeah. 
so so he was going to uh he he did write one with um i think the guy's name is eric carrasco he he wrote like um one of his supergirl episodes he was like a writer on supergirl for years and like they've since worked together on like masters of the universe and stuff like that okay so he was teaming up with that guy and the the characters that he picked were jimmy olsen uh and bizarro and and i guess also um perry white was was basically one of the main characters too okay and he basically told the plot of this of this episode you know which is not going to happen where you know like uh bizarro wasn't going to be like you know you see him in the thing he was going to be like uh someone from like i forget exactly what it was like he he pulls like perry white and jimmy olsen from like their reality into his like alternate dimension or something like that there's some sort of like interdimensional crossing sort of thing and like bizarro is like trying to be a good guy and like everything that he does just basically goes horribly wrong and puts people in danger and everything as what normally happens yeah yeah and and it was just it was sort of all about i mean it was it sounded like it was much more of a bizarro story than a jimmy olsen story um but it was basically like a bizarro origin story okay and he said that like He's like, you know, usually on these these shows, you get like three to five million dollar budgets or something like that. They were going to give him like 15 million dollars to make this thing. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, which is just like, you know, you hear that and you're like, that sounds really cool. Love to see it. Certainly be a chance for him to do whatever he wants because he's not fitting it into the style of, you know, Supergirl or whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> here's the thing where I'm just like, God, you know, uh, uh, this HBO Max thing is just killing me. The person who they were going to cast as Bizarro was Nicolas Cage. Aww. Are you kidding me? Aww. Tell me that wouldn't have been amazing. That would have been great. He's perfect for that. He finally gets to sort of play Superman. Yeah. In a script by the guy who wrote the movie that he was going to play, you know? Man. Superman lives. Yeah, apparently Indeed. not. But apparently not anymore, not. no. No. He says that they're going to try to pitch it to DC Comics and do it that way, but, you know, it's still a bummer. Yeah. yeah. And kind of weird that he never did an episode of Arrow, even though the first DC comic that he wrote was Green Arrow. Yeah, I think I think he, I think he, both parties kind of wanted to, uh, mm-hmm. but something happened with scheduling, and it just didn't end up working out. I guess that's how it always goes. You know, I mean, would he be coming back for an episode of Flash? I, I, you know, he's like, I would if they asked me to, but I don't Mm -hmm. think they're going to ask, ask him to or whatever. But, but he, it it is interesting, like hearing people talk to him or hearing people talk about him directing those episodes. Like everyone seems to love him. It seems very similar to when you hear, uh, actors and crew talk about Jonathan Frakes directing Star Trek. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like the absolute favorite among yeah. them. I think probably because he knows what their job is, and he's just like, I, you know, 
like he's not like a someone who's going to be like completely like you know this is my vision and you're doing my thing he's just kind of like laid back and like yeah you guys are good i'm going to be your cheerleader or whatever you know and 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 he's guaranteed to make it happen within two takes yep (laughs) exactly you know and and same thing with you know kevin smith like yeah it's going to be uh it's going to be under under schedule and everything like that. Yep. I mean, it seems I, I can totally see why people would like working with him. Mm-hmm. I get you know? it too. Yeah, and and he has you know brought a lot of people from those shows into other projects that he's done. Whether it's you know hiring them to be on you know his writing staffs or putting you know Melissa Benoist in um, Jay and Silent Bob reboot or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell that he is well, well regarded in that yeah. in that job, and you know, I hope that he gets to do more TV stuff in the future because it's cool, right? I agree. Yeah, and the other thing that he did was Goldberg's, um, which he did two episodes of. He was going to do more, but then you know, stuff happened or whatever, uh, including the the Batman episode uh, where they go see Batman nineteen eighty nine. I don't, did you did you see that or, or I did not, not see that one. No. This is another one where like you know for years I've heard about Goldbergs and I'm like that sounds like the show for me, right? Like <laughs> I feel like I would love that show and I never watched it and I watched the episodes that he directed and I'm like this feels like they're just kind of missing the mark. Like they're just not quite getting there with the show. You know that's that's kind of what I your description of it is kind of what I always thought about the Goldbergs, and it's the same thought that I have about like uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, um, because it doesn't because they think with Big Bang Theory, my problem with them has always been they think that they're celebrating uh, nerd culture, but they're not. Um, yeah. in my opinion, I think the show that celebrates then that celebrated nerd culture the best was Community, um, mm-hmm. and. Big Bang Theory is just kind of poking fun at it and exploiting it. Um, I think that's what I think that's the difference between the two. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I think Goldberg's is kind of a different scenario in that it's it's trying to celebrate that stuff mm-hmm. and it's not it's not poking fun at it. It's just kind of all over the place. Okay, you know, it just doesn't do a very good job at it. Its intentions yeah. are good. It just falls flat. Okay. I don't know. But there is one thing which he did, uh, which he did get to put his stamp on because he created this show and they shot a pilot for it. It was a show called Hollyweed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was one of these things. It was like, I don't even know if this platform exists anymore, but the idea was basically like um, they pay for a pilot, they make the pilot, they show it to people, and then people. Basically, if they believe in the pilot, they 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 crowdfund it, right? Okay. And if there's basically enough people interested in it to pay for the season or whatever it is, then they make more episodes. And I guess that didn't happen. It did not yeah. get more episodes were not made of this. But, you know, the pilot does exist for Hollyweed, which mm-hmm. is basically Kevin Smith... Um, and uh oh, god what's the guy's name um uh i can't remember his name but he's in so much stuff 
yeah, like he got his start on like Chappelle's show, and he's yeah. a, a stand up comic. Uh, I'm, I'm looking it up now, but uh, the two of them are uh, basically clerks at a mm-hmm. marijuana dispensary. Yep. Donnell Rawlings. Okay. That's his name. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it just makes sense, right? I well, mean, yeah, it's like his favorite place. <laughs> And you can tell, like, I mean, they're smoking throughout the, the yep. thing. And I get the impression that the that two real. of them really. <laughs> that was totally real. Yep. Yeah. Both of them. And it's like, hey, perfect excuse to do this at work, I guess. Exactly. Right? <laughs> um, and then the and then the girl from uh, from uh, Smilf. Oh, oh, that's where she's from. OK. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. OK. I, what, what did you think about Hollyweed? I thought it was hilarious. Um, this is this is such a like of any everything that we're talking about. This is such a Kevin Smith thing. Like I totally like I totally get it by what what he's selling with this because this is totally something he would do. And I would I'd watch that show. Uh, I, I mean I could totally see that show being on like Comedy Central or something yeah. and going at least like two seasons. <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to be like a massive hit, but yeah, no, they'll, get, they'll get a couple seasons a out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it'll be funny on Twitter. That's exactly <laughs> what that show would be. Yep, yep. No, I agree. I, I I thought it was great. You know, I mean, I was I was laughing out loud at numerous uh, things in this mm-hmm. in this thing. You know, it does feel a little rough and everything. It does feel a little forced, but it's okay because it's consistently funny. You know. Yeah. It it works well. I think it was it was well cast. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. both you know Smith is funny, but so Rawlings is too. And I I really felt oh, yeah. like they were both like bringing a lot of their own sort of like style to it. You know, yes. like I think there's probably a lot of improv in that thing. You know, yeah. And and it it totally works. And I, I would have liked to have seen where they went with it because it kind of ends on like a a cliffhanger in a sense mm-hmm. and you know they they had ralph garman in there who looks like he'll be like a recurring character adam brody in in you know kind of a yep. one-off role but i could see like this being the type of show where it's like who comes you know almost like cheers like who's gonna yeah. come to the dispensary this week you know exactly and he just brings in like all of his famous friends you know mm-hmm. that that would have been a great show i agree i agree i think it would have been a really fun show yeah. Um, but you know, such is life. It did not, did not pan out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, what can you do? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. I made you watch yoga hosers. Mm-hmm. That was mean of me, but you also <laughs> discovered Hollyweed, right? So, you know, you got to take the good with the bad and all that yeah. stuff. And yeah. Okay. Well, so, uh, and any final thoughts on, on yoga hosers or, or any of, uh, Kevin Smith's TV stuff? Uh, final thoughts? No, I mean, he's, he's a unique and eclectic type of guy. Um, and I, I think his stuff is worth checking out at least once for the, for those who might be on the fence. Um, I think it's, and then, and if you can get past the, the, his intentional crassness, I think you will find a lot of good gems in there. Fair enough. Fair enough. And and don't let yoga hosers turn you off from Tusk. It, it's, you yeah. should you should go watch Tusk. I, no, I, I'm interested in Tusk. I just yeah. never got around to it. It's on it's on HBO Max now. Check it out. Okay. I, we may not have Strange Adventures on HBO Max, but at least we have Tusk. 
check it out. It's awesome, worth man. it's worth watching. It's it's kind of like if Yoga Hosers was done properly. Ah, yeah. So okay, yeah. Anyway, uh, Lance, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me at Sir Lance Laster on all of my social medias. Uh, you can find me also talking about all the things that make Arrow Arrow on Always Hold On to Arrow, and you can find us on Twitter at Do Not Fail Our Pod. All right, and you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K, and you can also find me on my website, FilmDamagePod.com, doing a show called Film Damage, where we talk about Star Trek, film projection, and time travel. Um, so that's about it. Lance, thank you very much for, for joining me. You're, you're the, the one person who, <laughs> who got stuck with like the, the shit movie. Um, so I, I appreciate you taking one for the team. Um, and uh, we'll have to have you back on some other time to talk about a good movie. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. Thanks again for, for, uh, for joining me and thanks for listening. And until next time, if you plan to podcast, let us know. 